Welcome to Zion Baptist Church's message of what is stopping you. Pastor Duran is going to encourage us to stop letting obstacles block us from fully following Christ. Because Jesus is ready to accept us as we are. Let us join this message. If you can open up your Bible to the Gospel of Mark, second chapter, verses 1 through 12. You should be familiar with this scripture by now. For Sister Carol is able to put this in as our responsive reading. As this is going to go tie in with the message. Dealing with the theme, what is stopping you? What is stopping you? I'm going to read a few verses to capture where I'm coming from. If you come to verses 3 through 5, then I will read verse 11. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Going down to verse 11 says, Now, Jesus said, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. My question to you is for you to ask yourself, you can even ask your neighbor, ask them, what is stopping you? And you may be thinking, stopping me from what? But ask them, what is stopping you? Because we have these four brothers, one was of palsy, and something was stopping them from having everything that they wanted. But they realized that there's a way of achieving their goal. My question is to you, what is your roadblock? What is your obstacle? What is your obstruction? What is your hurdle that is in your way stopping you from getting what you can achieve? Obstructions come in all different ways and forms. Could be relationships, your own self-perception, having low self-esteem, peer pressure, even a family member, your faith, your co-workers, your own sinful habits could be stopping you from having the life that you want, having the job that you want, getting the raise that you want, getting that better family that you want. Something can be stopping you from getting it, but yet there's a way to remove this obstruction. First thing you need to look at is what is your desire? If you notice here that the four brothers, they all had the same desire. They desired to see their brother healed. They didn't know how it could be done, but they knew that it can be done. You may be in a situation where you have no idea how it can be done, but you need to have a hope, an expectancy that it can be done. Sometimes you allow your situation to overwhelm you and you think that it's too big, it is too great, nothing can change it. 
But if you remember last time when we talked about it wasn't what it seems, dealing with Goliath, how you had your life, you me, and your situation, you drew that circle, and you drew God outside of that circle, you found out what? Nothing's too big for God. But do you have better plans for your life? Some of us are just happy with how our life is. That we're happy with being mediocre. Mediocre means nothing to be the top of the bottom. That means I'm not the worst, I'm above the worst. But if you're happy with that, so be it. But if you realize that God has made you for a purpose, he has given you power in your life, you can realize that you can do much more than what you can think. The Bible says that the eyes have not seen nor the ears have heard. Then in Isaiah it also says that for God said, for my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so what that is basically saying is this. The plan that you have for your life is good and great, but God has something greater than that. Maybe you can think back to your childhood and those who are children now. You can think about right now how your, your parents have plans for your life. They set up college funds. They lay out your clothes, make sure you go to school on time. They give you your study time. When you come home, no snack, no TV, do your homework first. You, you remember those days because they have plans for you to be a smart student at school. Then when school is out, they had other plans for you, whether it was gymnastics, cheerleading, soccer, basketball, karate, whatever this extracurricular activity may have been, they have more plans for you. I'm here to tell you that your father has plans for you. He has given you instruction. He has laid out rules and regulations and plans for you to follow, but it's up to you to follow them. As you may remember, your parents might have taken you to that activity of taking you to school, but if you made up your mind, I was going to act a fool, you were going to act a fool. Your mom, your dad may have taken you to your extracurricular activity or to school and you made up your mind that I am going to be the best. You did your best to be your best. But it comes down again, what is your desire? What is stopping you from achieving that goal? Do you feel that you're stupid? Obviously you don't think so because you get mad when people call you stupid. Do you think that you can't succeed? Obviously not, because you get mad when people tell you you can't. But if you believe, you'd be like, you stupid. Yes, I know, I know. But you don't say that because you know that there is something in you that's better. But you have to find it for yourself. We need to look past some of the minor plans you may have, as in students of getting on the honor roll or just turning in this assignment or just getting the homework done on time. I am talking about plans for your life. You see here that the, the, the man of palsy was brought to Jesus, and what was his problem? He was paralyzed. But yet, what did Jesus first say to him? Your sins are forgiven. You see, first and foremost, you need to realize that your eternal life has greater value than your worldly life. But then again, I ask, what is your desire? Are you allowing your body to prohibit you from achieving the goals that you can have in your life? The body doesn't know what's good for it. You probably heard me say this before. If the body has great control, you wouldn't be addicted to stuff that can kill you. But the body has no control. The, bo the body loves what's bad for it because it feels so good. We live in a life full of pleasure and pain. And we love to have pleasure more than we have pain. 
And we like the pleasures that even bring us pain. Because if that temporary pleasure blinds us of the facts of the future. I can get high right now, but I'm not worrying about when I'm going to be down. I can have sex right now, but I'm not going to worry about a sexual transmitted disease. Because we think about all I want is right now. We know how it is that as we, we get so accustomed to everything working faster now, our computers, our telephones. You know, you call somebody and it takes a long time to answer. You're like, what's the problem? You're like, I'm calling you. It's ringing. Answer the phone. You know, you, you, you get on your computer, then that page is loading. You're looking like, what's the problem? Work faster. We get so caught up that we want dinner quick. We go to McDonald's, and it's still not fast enough for us. You know, we want that food ready. As soon as I give you the money, put my bag right there. You know, we wait over there. We're looking at our watch. Only took them a minute to get the food, but we're looking like we're there for a half an hour. We want instant gratification in this world. But God is, God is concerned about eternal gratification. If you have a desire, maybe you need to look at someone who can help you in your desire. You see, these four had a common goal. Have you told someone about your desire? Have you told your, your, your wife, maybe, or your, or your husband, or your brother, or your sister, or your cousin, or your coworker about what you want to do? Because if you have, maybe they can help you in that desire of keeping you accountable, letting you know that it can be done. Because if you get back into the text, you see here they, that Jesus was coming into Capernaum, and the word was out that he was coming, and the house was packed. There was something stopping the four men that had a goal of seeing their brother heal, but that didn't stop them. But I'm asking, what is stopping you? They saw the people were crowding in the doorway, and they couldn't get in that way. I, I, I can see it in my mind that they're looking through the window, see they could climb through the window, but that was crowded. And then it came to them and said, there's nobody on the roof. But what is stopping you? Are you allowing some naysayers saying that you can't get it done? Are you allowing that hurdle make you think you can't jump over it? Are you looking at this boulder thinking that it cannot be moved? If you're thinking that, you've already lost. Because these men saw their men that was paralyzed and they realized that the doctors could have fixed this person. But we know someone that can You may want to get a raise, have a better relationship, have your own company, get out of debt, get rid of some illness. Well, this is what you need to do. First of all, you need to address your desire. Then you need to take your desire to Jesus. You see, they had a desire and they were going to go see Jesus. Don't, don't go to mommy and daddy and say, I have what I want to do. Go to God first. It says, seek ye first the kingdom and all his rights, then all these other things will be added on. So first they came to Jesus, and Jesus did what first? Healed him of his transgressions. Sometimes our sin is blocking us from moving forward. We allow, we allow people to beat us down about our past saying, you, you're still a liar, you're still a thief, you're still a robber. You know, we see people that may have come out of jail and we're going to treat them differently like they're still that same person. 
but just because their trash, their dirty history is public, and yours not, doesn't make you better than them. We talk about people because they got caught, but you didn't get caught. So you act like you're all right. But you're no different. The same Jesus that died for him, who you say, oh, you need Jesus, is the same Jesus that died for you because you need him too. These men were willing to at all costs to humble themselves before Jesus. How great is your pride? How is your pride stopping you from humbling yourself to admit that you were wrong to a brother? To admit that you did lie? To admit that you did steal, you did cheat? How, how, how great is your pride that it limits you from, com- from confessing your transgression? These three men were willing to humble themselves and stand put to climb on top of the roof. Now check this out. Nothing was going to stop them. They were carrying their brother up onto a rooftop. I don't know about you, but if you were trying to carry somebody up, do you know gravity works against you? I can imagine the journey wasn't easy for them. I, I can imagine that there wasn't just an easy ramp just to walk on up. I can imagine how they had to take them off the mat and, and roll up the mat and, and carry the brother trying to get them on up the roof. I, I don't see that in the Bible. I'm just using my imagination here. But we know they made it to the roof. Your desire, when you put Jesus in your desire, nothing can stop you from getting there. Where there's a will, there's a way, we often say. Where, when it's God's will, there's a way. Because it was God's will for this person of palsy to be healed. But we don't know God's will unless we just truly trust and obey. They were willing to trust and obey. They could not see their dream being achieved, but they could see their dream in themselves being achieved. Because they didn't see their brother walking, but they had hope, an expectancy of their brother walking. We, we, we can't see Pastor Hart right here preaching right now, but we have a hope and expectancy of seeing him preaching and standing here again. But yet again, what is your desire? Jesus was sitting there amongst all the press, surrounded all around him. And Jesus says, son, thy sins be forgiven thee in verse 5. And then verse 6, there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Obviously, they didn't know who they were in the presence of. And immediately, how soon? Immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason you th- ye these things in your hearts? Verse 9, Whether it is easier to say to the sick of palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that they may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth for the forgive, forgive to, on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick and palsy, I say unto thee, rise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. When you have your desire and you bring it forth Jesus, Jesus is going to heal you completely. He, he, will, give you, he will forgive you 
of your sins and give you your spiritual strength. And then he will also give you the tools and the ability to walk. own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall what direct thy path i'm telling you here that when you have a desire in your life of what you want to have happen in your life and you bring it to jesus he will give you the power and the ability to do it but then again what is stopping you the roof was stopping them but they tore the roof up What is your obstacle? Maybe you need to tear it up. Maybe you can write down that sin that's stopping you. Tear it up. Maybe you can write down that doubt that is that's that's stopping you. Tear it up. Maybe you can write down the 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 self fulfilling. In sociology, talks about someone tells you something long enough. And you start to believe it. They call it the self-fulfilling prophecy. And the standpoint, when you tell someone long enough that they're stupid, they're dumb, they're never going to do anything well in their life, they start to believe it and they start to act in that matter. You need to tear that up. Because God has made you. Everything that God has made is good. He said it way back in Genesis. His word does not change. It has not changed today. When he, he made you on your birthday, he made you good. And God stays that same way. And so therefore you stay that same He made you good. But now it's up to us to act within our good capacity. It's up to us to, to reach that potential that God has given within us. This man of palsy has not reached his full potential. And guess when he reached it? When he came to Jesus. Your life is not going to reach that full potential until you put Christ in that situation. You won't be walking right until you put Christ in that situation. You need to look at what is stopping you and realize that you can move it out of your way when you put Christ first. Because guess what? The battle is the Lord's. What does that mean? It means this, that I can sit back here and put Christ first and walk and he's going to make a way for me. 
I got obstructions in my way. He gonna, Jesus is going to be like, I'm a running back. He's going to be blocking while I'm running to the end zone. Because I can score when I have Christ leading my life. Without him, I'll get hit and I'll fumble and I'll stay down. But with Christ there, I'm untouchable. Because we are more than righteous. We are more than that because we serve that kind of a God. But what is stopping you? Because you can't walk right. You can't talk right. But we need to realize that Satan is trying to get you. We need to realize that Satan is a real person. You can even type Satan's name in, in on word process. They'll do you a spell check and make you capitalize the S. Even the computer recognized that's a proper name. We need to realize that Satan's not playing with you. The Bible says he's seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says he seeks through and fro. Means he's not resting until he can catch your fall. He wants to stop you and devour you. And it says devour you as a lion to gulp you down. It means this, he's not chewing and enjoying you. He just wants to destroy you. But yet, if you're in the light, he can't come after you because he's scared. Because he knows we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Satan has been defeated, y'all. Death, where is thy victory? Sin, where is thy sting? Because of the blood of Jesus, we have the victory. We are more than conquerors. What can separate us from the love of God? Neither height, nor depth, powers, or principalities, nakedness. Nothing can separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus. But then again, I'm asking, what is stopping you? His palsy was stopping him. Christ forgave him of his sin and realized that, okay, I've forgiven you of your sins. And they had some naysayers around them. And Christ knew immediately within his spirit what was going on. He already knows what's going on in your situation. He knows the naysayers that are around you say, you can't do this. You can't do that. You're never going to be happy. But don't worry about them. Because he he's going to tell you to get up and walk. And, and, and that person on a palsy bed, he didn't stand there and talk to them and say, nah, 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 boo-boo. He got up and walked. <laughs> he left them behind them, and he was pressing on in God. You need to realize that you need to leave those naysayers behind you and press on in God. Because nothing's going to stop you when you put Christ first. You're on your way to the end zone. You're going all the way to score that touchdown. You're saying, I'm open. God is throwing the pass to you. If your hands got stick them on it. You're not going to drop the ball. He's giving you the ability to succeed. But what is stopping you? Yes, I'm repeating that because I want you to beat it down in your head because the only thing that's stopping you is yourself. That's the only thing that's stopping you. Satan can only get you to do something what you allow him to do. He has no power. If you doubt what I am saying, all you have to do is just read the first chapter of Job, and you realize that Satan came into the presence of God asking him permission to tell me somebody. I'm telling you here that God will allow nothing come on you more than what you can bear. So you say, God, I want to keep you first. Guess what? He will guide you. He will lead you and put you where you need to be all for his glory. In Isaiah, the Bible says that God made you for his glory. Yes, I formed you. 
for my glory. He's made you to be an awesome person, an awesome weapon for the Lord. And what I mean by a weapon, because we got to tear down all this destruction that is stopping other people succeeding in their lives. You can help them knock down that robot because check this out. Did the palsy get there on his own? He had, he had three others. I, I, I tried to get a clarification on the text. It said four and one of Paul's. So I'm, so I'm thinking it was four and one had Paul's. So I'm thinking it was three others that was taking them on. But we, and, and he realized that they, they were going to push him forward. They had the same desire. We, as the body of Christ, should have the same desire as Jesus, who is the head of the church. And we should have that same desire of tearing down those walls, those barriers of destructions, of deceit within our community, within our workplace, within our house. Destroy them. Tear it up. They tore through that roof. They didn't care about fixing that roof. They tore that roof up. And it went on their way. We need to tear that stuff up and go on our way. You may thinking within yourself, can I keep my desire? Don't worry about keeping your desire. Worry about keeping Christ first. And that desire will come. When you seek him first, he will, get, he will guide the desires of thy heart because your heart will be to serve him. And you may be in here and you may not invite a Christ into your heart. The Bible says that for God so loved the world, Jesus said this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. When you believe Jesus Christ right now, right now, you have your everlasting life. So your life is already, because he's going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is sealed onto you until the day of redemption, the Bible says. That means you've been sealed. You've been, got that stamp of lifetime warranty guarantee from God saying, I'm going to come back and get you, my son, my daughter. But put him in your heart. Satan wants you to not put him in your heart. You're thinking that I've sinned too much, but look here. Jesus didn't even ask him, the man of pause, what have you done? He just said, son, your sins are forgiven. You don't need to tell me what you've done. You don't need to tell anybody else. God already knows. But to say, Lord, forgive me. You don't have to say, okay, let me write them all down. He already knows. And he's already forgiven you, but have you asking him to forgive you? Because how has he already forgiven you? Because Christ has already died. His blood has already bled. And his blood did not dry up. His blood is eternally washing us of our sins. The Bible says that God is faithful and just, that, he will, that we confess our sins to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, think about what is stopping you and achieving your life. Have you put Christ first? With every head bowed, every eyes closed, the Bible says that you, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. For you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. That's found in Romans 10, 9 and 10. Right now, right now, if you're to die today, and you're not 100% sure you're going to spend eternity in heaven, raise your hand. Nobody's looking but me. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. If that's you today, if you're unsure, you're just to spend eternity in heaven, raise your hand. Right now, just repeat after me. That's right. Say, dear Lord Jesus. That's right. Dear Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to come into my heart. Be my personal Lord and Savior. I want to follow you with all my life, with all my strength, with all my heart, 
with all my soul. 